welcome back to Grid Iron Gamble, the only podcast that puts its money where its mouth is. I'm your host, Rich Ryan, and I'm joined by the entire collective, the disciple, Brett Colson, Donnie D.P. Peters, and the resident moose himself, Mo Nuwara. There is a real football game this evening, and it is a Thursday, which means we will be bringing you our DFS selections for the week, focusing on DraftKings, PPR, No Kicker, and Millionaire Maker, and a crazy contest, billion-dollar contest this week. But more about that in a bit. The Super Contest is right around the corner. The deadline is 11 a.m. on Saturday, and you can still sign up now with footballcontest.com. As long as you're in person with either Maddie or Tony at the Westgate, you can sign up. Go back to your home state for Donnie and I's California and submit your picks each and every week with the footballcontest.com. The Super Contest is going to get up to like 2,600 plus entries, 1.2 million already for first. Uh, Jake Cornegay was taking a bit of a parade route last night as they were unveiling the week one lines. So get in there, hook up with our friends at footballcontest.com and get in on this action. DP. Do you have an updated number that you can give to the people? Uh, no, I do not. Sorry, unfortunately. Oh, these thanks. Guys, these guys don't really get on top of their game all the time. <laughs> so you're just deferring? Just just tell them how hyped. Uh-oh, witness protection, Mo, in the building. Love it. We back? <laughs> Let's go. Uh, and Bert Manani, Bert, the sharpest DFS player on the spot, I think by a country mile. Maybe Mo would take... Uh, take uh, Offense to that, but I believe it to be so. How you doing, Brett? I'm good. I don't know if I qualify as the disciple on this show. No, you are uh, Jesus himself on the Thursday DFS shows. Uh, Donnie and I are probably your pupils when it comes to the DFS. Each week, we're going to start off, or at least I'm going to start off by scanning the weather and the totals to see if there are any outliers that we can take advantage of. And looking across the board... At the weather, it looks like we got clear skies across the U.S. Of course, uh, Hurricane Irma has canceled Tampa Bay and Miami, so do not click them in any of your contests. But it looks like clear skies across the board. There's only one spot where it's even cloudy, and that's Broncos Chargers. So no worry about weather this week. In terms of totals, if you're playing tonight's game, you've got a total of 48 and a half. But of course, the contests that you're in uh, are limited, not as large prize pools. You've got 50 and a half between the Raiders and the Titans, 51 between the Hawks and the Packers, and then a couple of 48s across the board: Cards, Lions, Panthers, Niners, Saints, Vikings, uh, and Falcons, Bears. Also 48 and a half. So. One game, two games in the 50s, Hawks, Packers, and Raiders, Titans, and mostly clear skies across the U.S. So nothing crazy to report this week from that standpoint. So with that, we will start off our DFS journey by looking at our favorite stacks this week. And Brett, since you are the master, I will let you have the floor first. Give us some of your favorite stacks for week one of the NFL season. Well, I'm going to pick up right where I left off with the season-long shows. I I like Cam Newton and Calvin Benjamin this week. This is a great spot for the Panthers here against a 49ers team. They tagged for 46 points last season. Different 49ers uh, system here under Kyle Shanahan. No more 
uh, up-tempo, no-huddle scheme, I don't think, with the 49ers this year. But looking back to last year, huge mismatch here for Calvin against this secondary. He went for 7-108 and two touchdowns against the 49ers last year. Another uh, great matchup this year. Uh, should be a very similar secondary. He, he did a lot of his work against Jimmy Ward last year. I know Ward's been hurt a lot in the uh, in the preseason and outside they are extremely weak as well so really really high on Cam Newton Kelvin Benjamin I'm expecting a lot of points from the Panthers this week outside of that a little bit of a sneakier one here Kirk Cousins Terrell Pryor and Jamison Crowder is a triple stack for the Redskins I was not high on this team coming into the season but I like the matchup here in week one. Really juicy positional matchups for Pryor and Crowder. On the outside, Terrell Pryor expected to see some Jalen Mills, who graded as a 31 on PFF in his rookie season last year. That guy was just torched all over the field. Uh, the Eagles traded for Ronald Darby in the offseason. He should see some Terrell Pryor as well. But that moves Patrick Robinson into the slot to cover Jamison Crowder. Another mismatch there that favors the Skins. The Eagles also had no depth at cornerback so any injury is going to be a disaster for them uh i really like the skins air attack in gpps this week and i haven't heard a whole lot of buzz surrounding them either so uh could be it could be a, a actually a, a sneaky game to target because i like a few players for the eagles in that game as well pff's wide receiver cornerback chart has terrell Pryor with the best the second best matchup of the week on jalen mills as brett noted a 34.8 on PFF last year. The best matchup of the week, coincidentally, is Doug Baldwin, who will be facing Quentin Rollins. Graded at 61 last year, uh, but PFF sees that as a very plus matchup for the Hawks receiver. Mo, what kind of stacks you got? Uh, I like, you know, we're looking for home runs, obviously. And a guy who can hit some home runs and hit him cheap is John Brown. He's only 4.8K. Carson Palmer, really affordable as well, 6K. They got a great matchup with the Lions. Uh, the Lions do have one real sharp corner, Darius Slay. But if he locks up on Larry Fitzgerald, and the Lions are just so bad overall on defense, like they're really going to have to load up to even have a prayer of slowing down David Johnson. So I could see John Brown getting behind the defense once or twice, hitting a couple home runs. Nice total of 48 here, uh, as you noted, Rich. So I think this is a real sneaky one that nobody's going to be on. DP, give us a stack. Sticking with the same game as Mo, but I'm on the other side. Uh, I like the Lions. Um, totally but a bunch of different stacks, you know, Matthew Stafford with Tate, Matthew Stafford with Jones, throw a little Ebron in there. You can even mix uh, some of the Cardinals wide receivers into that lineup, even a David Johnson, given the way that I think that the game is going to go. Like Mo said, uh, the total's pretty high at 48. I think the game's going to be high scoring. I think Detroit's going to be having to chase, and we know that Matthew Stafford likes to throw it all over the field. Um, so I think that's also there's some psychology that might come into play here. You know, Carson Palmer is right next to Matthew Stafford in the lobby, uh, but he's a hundred dollars cheaper. I think generally people like Carson Palmer a little bit more uh, and they think of Arizona as a better team. The, you know, I mean, Detroit's just a giant dumpster fire, like you guys have said. Um, so yeah, I would lean towards doing a lot of different things, uh, stacking the, my lineup with, uh, Detroit around Matthew Stafford. I'm getting weird. 
and getting weird is something that you're going to hear me get often on this show. This isn't that weird. This might be actually pretty straightforward given the matchup this week and what's going on with the quarterback position on the other side of the ball. But give me Todd Gurley and the Rams defense this week. Brett, tell me if I'm going to be with the masses here. The Colts finished 32nd in run defense DVOA last year. And of course, as noted, the Colts are without Andrew Luck and we'll have Scott Tolzien at quarterback. Great correlation play with the Rams D and Gurley hopefully controlling the ball, salting the clock away in a low-scoring game out here in the Coliseum. If you want to get really, really weird, uh, you could probably fire Goff and Watkins. I wouldn't hate that, but I think the most consistent play in that matchup for me would be Gurley and the Rams D. Brett, tell me how many millions of people are also going to have that stack. Uh, I think you're looking at probably like 15 to 20% ownership on Gurley this week. Everyone's going to be piling on David Johnson and Le'Veon Bell because the way the pricing is set, you can pay for just about anybody you want. So, yeah, I I mean, I love Gurley too, and I'll get into him when we get to running backs. But I think Gurley will probably be like the third or fourth most popular running back this week. All right. Naked quarterbacks. So quarterbacks you may not stack, but you think might have some standalone value, whether it be from rushing, or maybe they just have too many passing options that you're not comfortable stacking them. DP, do you have any naked QBs to report? I don't mind Andy Dalton this week, uh, the Red Rocket, and I also don't mind Marcus Mariota, uh, more so lean towards Mariota. I mean, I think everyone's going to be on, uh, Brett alluded to it earlier, Cam Newton. Um, And then also, I think that a lot of people are really liking uh, Tyrod Taylor this week. I've heard a lot of chatter about him, uh, both in the betting world, also the fantasy world. And Marcus Mariota falls in price uh, right in between them at 6,800. And I think he's going to fly a little bit under the radar. Um, But I think that that game, uh, Oakland, Tennessee, is going to be more high scoring. And, you know, Mariota is a good passer and a good runner. So I would like to put him in a few different lineups, you know, by himself and, Give him a shot to, to hit it big for me. Yeah, total of 50 and a half. And, I mean, who is he throwing? Who are we comfortable stacking him with at this point? Is Delaney Walker the only person we're even comfortable stacking with Mariota right now? No, I wouldn't even stack Delaney. That's what I mean. It's like, it. it that's, a, that's a big if right there. So I, I like that call a lot, DP. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. Thank you, Rich. Mo, any naked QBs? Uh, you want to talk about going way off the board, but... I thought you were about to say you want to talk about getting naked. <laughs> How about Deshaun Kaiser, your boy? Yes. Yep, Not my, my boy, this is but my pick. 4.8K, and I have absolutely no idea who the top targets are going to be in this offense. I've been hearing a little bit of Kenny Britt. Uh, they still got Corey Coleman. I'm I'm just not really sure where he's throwing the ball, but he should definitely be throwing the ball here. And Steelers defense doesn't look like anything special. I think if you want to go expensive everywhere else, you can save some money and still have some upside at QB with Kaiser. Yeah, I'm all about that Kaiser life. And like you said, it's hard to confidently pair him with Britt. It's hard to confidently pair him with Coleman. Duke Johnson is moonlighting as a slot receiver in the offense. Uh, It's terribly difficult, but we know he has standalone value with his price and his running ability. So Kaiser was going to be my selection in this section as well. Um, Great matchup. Uh, Should be in a situation where they need to score facing a high-powered offense like Pittsburgh. Love the call. Love Kaiser at 4,800. Bert Minotti, what you got? 
Same. I got Kaiser. Uh, his mobility makes him very valuable in DFS. This is a kid who ran for almost 1,000 yards and 18 touchdowns in two seasons in Notre Dame. Great athlete. He's going to tuck it, try to make plays, especially if they are down late in the game. They're uh, eight-and-a-half-point underdogs. So a great game script to rack up meaningless yardage and fantasy points late in the game. 4,800. You can do so much if you just throw this guy in at quarterback, and you don't have to stack him. That's the beauty of it. So love Kaiser and GPPs. You could even kind of go correlation play if you want to go. I mean, Brown's just going to be so popular given prices this week. But there are some some correlation things out there with pairing Kaiser with Steelers skill players. Even like Bryant, Martavis Bryant. Get Bryant in there, hopefully. He has one of those analog games where he has a big game, and you can get the correlation play on the other side with Kaiser having to to run a lot and and get some points on the board for the Browns. So there's a, there's a lot of fun things you can do with Deshaun Kaiser. Take a step into the blue apron kitchen for a moment before we get to the running backs. Guys, they literally send you a box, and it's got ingredients, a piece of paper with instructions, and you just need to follow them. And you make delicious food. This week's menu, seared beef medallions with Prince of Orange potatoes and caper butter pan sauce, soy glazed pork and rice cakes with bok choy and marinated green beans, and a, check this out, barramundi and tazaki sauce with summer vegetables and frika salad. Frika salad. It's Blue Apron. Head to blueapron.com slash gridirongamble to support your stomach and the collective. That's blueapron.com slash gridirongamble. All right, Brett, you mentioned Gurley was going to make an appearance in this segment. What you got on the L.A. Rams running back? Yeah, I think you have to like Todd Gurley this week at home against whatever this is that the Colts call a roster. Indy dead last and rush defense DVOA last season. And even though Gurley coming off a horrendous sophomore slump, this this presents a great opportunity to get him uh, to a great start here in year, year three. Under a new coach, play caller, that I know you're a big fan of, Rich. Uh, look, Gurley is as talented a runner as there is in the league. I think we're going to see him barrel through this Colts defense for a big week one. Rams favored by four. So the game script certainly fits. Uh, my prediction, Gurley finishes as the number number one fantasy running back in the opening week. Uh, outside of him, I, I really like Carlos Hyde this week. We saw the way Kyle Shanahan used his running backs in that outside zone scheme last season. I don't, I don't see why that would change this year when he has a talent like Carlos Hyde. And at only 4,600, this guy's in the price, same price zone as Matt Forte, Terrence West, Duke Johnson, Gio Bernard. You just can't pass up on this value. Even though the matchup is a little less than ideal, uh, the 49ers really have no choice but to keep this guy on the field regardless of game flow. So I think uh, we might get some additional PPR points with Hyde this week when the 49ers are forced to uh, start airing it out. I think Hyde's going to be very active in the passing game, I think, this year. So uh, I love him both in season long and in DFS here in week one. Both of my guys here, McVay and Shanahan, I I honestly think people are in for a surprise at how different – the Rams and Niners look this year. Just how just how much good play calling and offensive positioning can bring competence to a team and how much that can change things very quickly. Uh, also in that price range, James Conner. James Conner's $100 cheaper than Carlos Hyde. 
Well, they do that just in case Le'Veon Bell gets hurt in well, practice. I, I I understand that one, but a guy like uh like Gio Bernard or Duke Johnson, Terrence West. I mean, come on, is in the same price range as Carlos Hyde. Yeah, I don't understand that clown show. DP, give us some RBs. I mean, the, the top two I wrote down are the top two that uh, Brett just talked about: Todd Gurley and Carlos Hyde. I do want to throw in that another player that Carlos Hyde is bunched in with is Legarrette Blunt, which is an absolute joke because that guy is a total clown. Um, I also want to throw out uh, Terrence West. Um, so Terrence West, fairly affordable, forty-seven hundred. I just don't think the Ravens have much going for them at all. I'm not sure Danny Woodhead can shoulder an entire load just being the type of running back that he is. Uh, and Terrence West should get a fair amount of the goal line carries, um, you know, granted if the, the Ravens are going to get down there. Um, so I don't mind taking a few flyers on uh, Terrence West. And then I did just mention LeGarrette Blunt, so I would throw in Darren Sproles. I mean, I think that, you know, I mean, I get it. He's 34. He's getting older. But the guy performs every single week uh, on a good level. He's just a good, solid football player. Um, and I think that he's a far, far, far better option uh, than LeGarrette Blunt being out there in any sort of capacity whatsoever. And he's cheap. He's 3900 Yeah, love Sproles. Uh, he's the de facto starting running back right now for the Eagles. He's not going to be a battering ram. He may not always be the early down back, but in critical situations and pass-catching situations, Sproles is, has a defined role. He's going to be on the field, and he's free at 3900 <laughs> Uh, Mo, what you got? For running back, guess who my top play is, Rich? I have to guess who Mo's top play at, is it, don't say Bilal Pal. It's Todd Gurley. Okay, thank God. Whew. 6K, Colts D, hot garbage. Apparently, we're just all in agreement here. This is way too cheap for Todd Gurley. So now that makes me a little bit worried that everyone's going to click Todd Gurley. Yeah, no, I'm, I was, I was trepid at first but now i'm completely <laughs> worried that the entire world's gonna have to teach he's, he's gonna be popular but not at the same level of bell and johnson this is just too cheap i mean it's just a wrong price this price is just wrong uh so i guess i'll throw another name out there that i like and it's along the same lines as what donnie was doing but i'm going with danny woodhead i mean terrence west is just i that's just the body. I mean, we got Danny Woodhead, who's actually pretty good at football, or at least he was before he ripped up his knee. We'll see. He's a little older. You never know. But I'm usually leaning towards modern medicine always in these spots. So hopefully Woodhead's back to par, and they are on the road. So, you know, seems a little more likely they might be throwing the ball late. So... I don't think he's uh, a terrible play at all at 5,200. Definitely worth rolling the dice here and there. I'm going to make you guys sick with my selection. This is a player that I've stand for for a long time. He's not super athletic. He doesn't flash. He's not an Amir Abdullah type that is going to rip off a run and make you tweet a gif about it instantly and know it's not Joik Bell. Can't believe you're gonna say this. I love Jonathan Stewart. This I knew you were gonna say Jay Stu. Five thousand comes in four hundred dollars cheaper than Christian McCaffrey. Mo brought up modern medicine there. Cam Newton. Uh, we think he's just gonna step in and start slinging right away. Maybe it's definitely within the realm of possibilities. 
but rotator cuff injuries tend to linger even months after surgery. And in a game where they are massive road favorites against those San Francisco 49ers, they're giving five points on the road, which would make them 11-point home favorites. This is is just a play on, I think the Panthers are going to be ahead. I think they're going to be salting a lead. And if they're in a situation where they're near the red zone and somebody on the Panthers is going to be given the ball to fall into the end zone once or twice, I think it's going to be Jay Stu before it's going to be the Rook or the guy with a torn rotator cuff. No one has touted a running back longer than you he with Jay Stewart. Keep, he just keeps doing I mean, it. Every, it's like six years now. It's every single year. You are on this guy. It's so great. You are You are. You have doubled down 3,000 times. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he just keeps doing it. I don't play him. Play him on Fandle, though. Don't play him on DraftKings. He, he caught eight balls last year. Like in a PPR site, like like DraftKings, I just I can't get behind a guy like Jonathan Stewart in GPPs. What if he falls into the end zone twice? He could. I mean, he certainly did that last year. But that's what he does. He just he just walks out on the field and scores eight touchdowns a year. Maybe that's a maybe that's fair. To, to, and to your point, Christian McCaffrey is going to do most of the work catching the ball. So you're not going to have that floor potential. With uh, with Jace to or those added points, because uh, we're not really looking for floor and GPPs. I don't know. I just, Your boy Amir's cheap. In a, in a spot too where they should be trailing against a, a good Arizona team could rack up a, a couple catches. I think Amir Amir is definitely good to play now before he he breaks in half in a couple weeks. Heart of a Husker. DP receiver time. Who you got for us? Uh, I put down a few. Uh, first one is the guy that I hate, um, but I'll go with him anyway. AJ Green. I think, uh, given the way that I worked out the rest of my roster, I can easily pay up to eight thousand dollars for him. With the fact that uh, John Ross is out, uh, AJ Green is going to get a lot of the a lot of the targets uh, in that offense. Uh, I think he'll do very well uh, in the week. I also like Calvin Benjamin this year or, or this week. Um, Brett talked about him a little bit earlier. Another one I wrote down: Pierre Garcon. Uh, you know, I just picture him uh, trailing. I know Brett loves that guy, um, but uh, yeah, I think you know he's, he's fifty three hundred, so he's cheaper than the other the other options. And uh, you know, his team should be throwing the rock as they're losing, so I don't mind throwing in a little pair of Garcon. And I kind of want to take a little bit of a flyer, or you know, get a couple shares of Zay Jones. I mean, I just I don't think you can go wrong taking a flyer on a guy who could very well be the number one passing option. Uh, against a bad New York Jets defense in Buffalo. Easy fella. Easy fella. Easy with that bad defense. Listen, don't don't you just you just went and put your reputation on the line with Jonathan Stewart once again. <laughs> don't go doing it with the Jets defense as well. Just just, you know, cut your losses here. I'm just saying, watch out for the rooks. Watch out for the rooks. Remember we're talking about a Jets defense that was like dead last in past defense DVOA last year. Watch out. And has a completely new secondary. Nobody that played last year will be on the field, save for in nickel formation. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Mo, give us some receivers. Yeah, I'm looking at two really cheap guys from the Bills-Jets game. One of them is Zay Jones, 3,500, versus the Jets. The Wote pass defense last year. Easy, I, fellas. I think, you know, I think... 
basically I'm just throwing these guys out there as guys who can round out your team if you spend up at other positions. Um, I think for a guy who is that cheap, he might get some clicks. I don't know, but if he is WR1 against the Jets and he's 3,500, I think it's inevitable some people are going to play him. This next guy will not get any plays. It's Goat Curly. Let's it's Goat Curly. go. We're doing this volume 21st ranked pass defense here. He's only 3,800. I mean, might be worth a shot. I don't hate it. I don't hate it. Well, Mo, you ready for this one? Goat Curly has the fourth best wide receiver cornerback matchup, according to Pro Football Focus. They project Leonard Johnson will be lining up across from him, and he got a paltry 42.1 on PFF last year. Goat Curly. Let's go. I almost put put Curly down, but I, I figured I would stay away and I would let you guys make the jump. But what I'm in. I'm in on, on Curly. If you guys want to roster him, I'm, I'll Brett be right there say? with you. Yeah, I mean, he's going to find holes in this defense. There's no doubt about that. I just I, I don't mind him in cash games, I guess. He's gonna get. He's gonna get some value. He I'm just so- doesn't do anything with the ball once he gets it. Yeah, he's goat though. He's gonna catch eleven balls. Come on, you know <laughs> this is coming. Yeah, if he catches eleven balls, he's in all my lineups. There's, there's nobody else that plays that role on the team right now until, until either Ardarius or Chad Hansen have a pulse. Like, there's nobody else that can do the possession type things that he can. And you, I know Rich is always big on narrative. I mean, there's narrative here. He's coming back to the Jets after he just got shit on by the 49ers. And they said, see you later. Well, so, we, we also shit on him last year. So maybe he's coming to tank our team. Yeah, but I feel I feel like if you want to talk about heart, I mean, Curly's one of those guys, right? Oh, he's yeah. going to lay it all on the line. I, I lied before. Uh, I guess you could say that uh, we got two guys coming back. Justin Burris played a little bit last year. He graded as a 72 on PFF. Uh, the only real hole that I'm concerned with in our secondary is uh, our good friend Buster Screen, who was the absolute woat, 45 and a half last year on Pro Football Focus. I hate that guy. He also had like three pass interference penalties on the same drive in that Cardinals Monday night game. Remember that when we laid the seven and we couldn't be more confident and couldn't have been more right laying the seven against this dirtbag Jets team? Yeah, what they do? Win by 30? <laughs> yeah. What was that? It was, it was, I believe it was by rape and pillage. That was the final score. Uh, Brett, give us some receivers. Well, I'm going to, you guys are really digging for value. I, I like Amari Cooper this week near the top. Uh, should be a lot of points in this game between Tennessee and Oakland. Cooper should have his way with this Titans team that plays mostly man coverage. Cooper, uh, one of the most skilled and technical route runners in the league uh, should be able to exploit whoever matches up against him. He destroyed man coverage last year against the Bills and Chargers. I remember that Bills game very well. So really high if you want to pay up for Amari Cooper as a pivot maybe off of Beckham or Julio Jones or Antonio Brown. He's a cheaper option there too. Uh, if you are going cheap, I do like Zay Jones. I like Robbie Anderson from that Bills uh, Jets game as well. But I, I, my favorite bargain, I think maybe the best bargain in any position this week is Kendall Wright, thirty-two hundred, for a guy who's really the only receiver on the Bears that has any kind of NFL track record. Uh, Mike Glennon should be relying on Wright often in this game. 
They are, I think, seven-point underdogs against Atlanta. So I like the game script there. And in a PPR format like DraftKings, this is the kind of volume that you're looking for in a min-priced wide receiver. So if you need a punt play at wide receiver, I like Kendall Wright as a uh, wide receiver one for the Bears, maybe. Love it. You know I'm a Kendall Wright truther. <laughs> you know I'm all about that, that Kendall Wright life. Um, I mentioned him briefly before. I think Martavis Bryant is a fun play this week. It's a good pivot from Bell, Brown, and Roethlisberger. Uh, he is a Deshaun Jackson type player. He's great for GPPs. He will go out there and have those two catch 20 yard games, but he will also have those five catch 180 and two touchdown games. So having a player like that on your GPP rosters is always a party. And if you want a deeper guy, this is another guy who's had my heart for a while now. How about Paul Richardson? 3,700, basically free. He's lining up as the number two receiver on the Seahawks. We've seen him make spectacular plays. And this will be his season. This will be his shot to try to line up across Doug Baldwin and be that number two receiver in that offense. Total in that game is above 50. So if the Packers can get on their horse against a good defense and get some points rolling. This one could be a total shootout, and while everybody else is firing Graham, Baldwin, all those guys, you can pivot and try to punt on my boy, P. Rich. All right. Time to get to tight end. We don't get to ask the the most important question of Gronk or no Gronk, unfortunately, because they play the Thursday game, but we have to address the position nonetheless. So where are you going, Bert Minotti? My favorite this week is Zach Ertz. Uh, the Redskins were horrendous at defending tight ends last season. Uh, reports early here that Josh Norman expected to shadow Alshon Jeffrey this week, so Ertz should see an uptick in targets. Uh, I I don't know. I There's something about this game. I, I'm definitely going to be stacking this game quite a bit. Carson Wentz is interesting to me as well. If you could stack him with Ertz and Darren Sproles, who we already talked about. I like Sproles a lot this week too. The, the volume is going to be there because I don't see them running a whole lot. So I like Zach Ertz quite a bit. And if you're going to really uh, – if you're searching for a guy who's not going to have any ownership and is super cheap, I like Evan Ingram for the Giants against the Cowboys. Dallas just refused to cover the middle of the field last season. That's where Evan Ingram is going to live on Sunday. Dallas allowed the most fantasy points to tight ends in 2016 – they're going to be zoned in on Odell Beckham this week. So at 2,900, I like Ingram as a sneaky play. Could hit double-digit fantasy points, especially if he finds the end zone. And I expect him to. So I'm going to have some Evan Ingram in my lineups this week, too. I like that game stack theory on the Eagles racial slurs game. Total 47.5. Neither team really has an imposing running attack, nor do they really... I mean, you would think Doug Peterson will water run the ball, but it, it doesn't seem like they have the personnel to do that and they love that short passing game by Wentz so <laughs> it seems like one of those games where there could be 80 pass attempts by uh by the two quarterbacks combined which obviously gives us a great opportunity to game stack DP who you got a tight end I'm gonna pay up for a tight end I think uh, I can comfortably stay away from from a few of the top guys uh that are yeah at some higher prices this year uh this week and go with Tyler Eifert uh Cincinnati Bengals uh 4600 playing against the Ravens I think that uh, this might be a cheaper price than we could see if Eifert turns out to be 
you know, the Eifert of old that a lot of us expect him to be. Uh, another person I like is uh, Charles Clay. I've talked about him before on our Fantasy Football Tight End podcast. I like him again this week. Uh, similar reasons to why I like Zay Jones. Uh, you know, someone's got to catch the ball in Buffalo. Um, I think that uh, Charles Clay provides that option. Uh, he's fairly cheap, 3200 and if he gets the ball in some open space, I mean, Clay's an athletic guy. He can make some things happen. So I would look to roster him in some spots. How much does Donnie love the Bengals this week? I'm so mad that you brought up Clay. That was going to be my guy. But yeah, what? don't you hate Cincinnati, first and foremost? I do hate Cincinnati, but I hate the Ravens even more. <laughs> and I think the fact that, that Ross is going to be out, you know, makes some of these plays a little bit more valuable. Clay is a great pick because while I won't allow you all to besmirch the Jets secondary because at this point we just don't know, uh, Darren Lee is, dare I say, the worst cover linebacker in the league. Graded as a 36.2 on PFF last year, second year player. What I saw of him in the preseason looked like he was totally lost in coverage again. I mean, just on easy easy zone plays where you just need to bracket somebody towards the sideline. And, and as Bill Belichick would say, do your job, just move your feet and move towards the sideline. The, the kid just can't, he can't do it. Demario Davis has never been uh, a stellar uh, player in pass coverage as well. So Charles Clay could certainly eat on Sunday and he's free. So on a PPR site like DraftKings, I think he's a very viable option against the Jets. And the the new offense installed by Buffalo is a classic West Coast offense, which will have a ton of rollouts and short passes, which will probably go to Charles Clay. So I don't think like eight for 80 is out of the realm of possibilities for Clay this weekend. Mo, what you got to tight end? I looked a little bit at Tyler Eifert too, but I'm, I'm a little worried about that Eric Weddle uh, coverage. Guy's a... Uh... Such a pro. Been solid for years. Instead, I think Delaney Walker is the better buy. I'm a little worried he's going to be popular, but he just looks underpriced. 4.3K. Oakland, 23rd, according to DVOA, defending tight ends last year. Uh, really, really high total in this game. 50 and a half. I think Delaney... Uh, you guys alluded to would you stack Mariota... And yeah, I mean, I don't know. Maybe you guys don't like, but I, I think it's fine with Delaney. He's just too cheap. And he, last year, he was the top target in the red zone. So if anybody is going to score a receiving touchdown, it seems likely on that team to be Delaney Walker. Yep, Delaney was another guy I was going to mention. I like him as a standalone. I'm, I'm not sure if I love stacking him. Uh, I just, I think if you play Mariota, you're hoping for a lot of running production for him to hit value. And I think stacking them, you, you just never get the complete upside as you would stacking a quarterback with someone like Julio or uh, a quarterback, or Dalton and AJ Green. I just, I don't think you ever hit the pinnacle in a GPP like you, like you would there. But yeah, I mean, he's got great value. He catches a ton of balls. If Mariota just needs to lean on somebody who's, he's had a previous rapport with, it could be Walker in this situation. Obviously, they have uh, Rashard Matthews returning as well, but Walker was a guy he leaned on a lot last year. So I like the Walker play. I like the Clay play. If you're looking to get a little fun, uh, I'm 
interested in Eric Ebron. I think people will steer away because of the matchup against the Cardinals. But I think it's a spot where the Lions are going to find themselves trailing. They'll be in that Jim Bob Cooter short passing attack. And I think Ebron is in a situation where he can fulfill some of the slot duties that Anquan Bolden had last year. And if they get near the red zone, I think he could take some of those targets as well. Uh, Ebron seems primed for a breakout. Players, I, I think, pretty special from a talent perspective. You don't, you don't get picked that high at the tight end position without being of great pedigree. So I'm expecting a breakout season for Ebron, and I think clicking his name even against the Cardinals is a fine gamble in a GPP. And that leaves us with defense and special teams. I gave you the Rams earlier in a nice correlation play with Todd Gurley. Mo, where are you going at for DST? Uh, This is another one where I wanted to highlight a very, I would say, under-the-radar play that I don't think anybody is going to click. It's the Giants, one of our favorite defenses as a collective. We all love the G's. They're only 2,600, but they do face the Cowboys with Zeke. And I think given that situation, hardly anyone is going to be on them. But they look like they could have a lot of value to me. Uh, Last year, they held Zeke to 158 total yards in the two games they played. Uh, They held the boys to 26 total points in the two games they played. So I'm not that worried, and I think everyone else would be. So this is just a spot where I think there's a lot more value than the perceived value. So it's a good uh, GPP spot, I would say. Not scared of Zeke? Not with this defense. You got snacks in the middle. Anytime you got snacks in the middle, you can stop anybody, even Zeke. DP, where are you going at with DST? Uh, the two guys or two teams that I wrote down were the Rams, like we've talked about so far. I also like being able to pair them uh, with Todd Gurley, as was mentioned. I mean, just if you're planning against Scott Tolzien, I mean, just give me a break. That's just a joke. Um, another one actually is uh, Moe's, the Giants. Um, so, I mean, I'm not scared of Zeke, but I'm not scared of him because I think the Cowboys just regress a lot this year. Um, and, I, you know, I think that uh, Dak Prescott isn't uh, going to be the quarterback that everyone thinks he's going to be. And what I think is the Giants are going to be a bit better than a lot of people are going to think. Um, and I think they're going to kind of roll in this game is kind of what I was thinking. Uh, so if that's going to happen and Dak Prescott is forced to throw, I'm not super high on him. So I can see some turnovers coming into play for the Giants. Um, overall, though, if you're just going to you know line up on the side and you're going to have to game plan against one thing, and that's Zeke, I kind of like your chances. I mean, I get it. The offensive line is really good. Zeke is really good. Um, but like I said, big regression this year from the Dallas Cowboys for me. So... Uh, if I'm going to have to go, you know, picking at the bottom of the barrel, uh, I'm going to go with the Giants here. Interesting takes. I mean, the one thing Dak didn't do last year was turn the ball over. So I just, I just think it's hard for the Giants to score a lot of points unless they get some but, turnovers. But they were always up big, like Donnie was saying. What, uh, what makes you think a that? Different scenario. I don't know. I, I still don't trust the Giants' offense. I mean, it's Eli Manning. Like <laughs> that guy's that guy's a walking disaster. Sure, the addition of Brandon Marshall is nice, but the 
offensive line is still a huge question mark, and Eli is still wote AF. I will say that I spent a good 20 minutes trying to make an argument for the Cleveland Browns, but I gave up. <laughs> well, that's just crazy talk. Bert Minotti, give us a DST or two or three. I've got two. Uh, the first is, well, the Chargers play on Monday, so they are not part of the main slate on DraftKings. But if you're like me and you play on Yahoo or some of these other sites that offer both the Sunday and Monday slate, you've got to fire the Bulls this week. They are going to feast on Trevor Simeon and this Broncos offense that was among the worst in the league last year. I've got them pegged as the worst offense in the league this year be below the Jets. So coming out party for this uh, Chargers defense in week one, I'm going to be streaming them all over in uh, season long too. And then if you're going to play Sunday, I like Jacksonville as kind of a sneaky under the radar defense. Uh, I don't like that they're on the road, but they are facing the Texans with Tom Savage under center and without the protection of Dwayne Brown. I don't think he's going to be playing this week. Uh, Brown protects the blind side of Tom Savage. That's going to be a nightmare for them. And uh, this Jags defense, I don't like this team, but the defense does have some talent. They're going to make plays this season. Uh, you have to like the spot here against Tom Savage. So uh, Jacksonville's pretty cheap too. Well, actually no, they're 3,700. So uh, one of the more expensive defenses, but that's going to reduce their ownership. Uh, so why not? Uh, it, there's so much variance in defense. It's just kind of clicking buttons. So uh, take the defense that is going to be lesser owned is usually the way I go. I'm going expensive as well. I'm going Texans. I'm going Houston strong. We finally get to see, thank God, we get to see prime Jadavian Clowney line up across from prime J.J. Watt. Holy shit, you guys. I don't think the world is ready. I think this is a narrative that has not been discussed enough this offseason, that these two human beings will be lining up across from each other, and what the hell our offense is going to do when they look at 99-90, bull rushing them on a third and long. What are they going to do? What's what? Bortles going to do? What's going- yeah, that's what I was going to say. We, we know what Bortles is going to do. It's going to be so much Bortles service. We're going to be Houston strong. The stadium's going to be rocking. The, the game it's be a pick six part. Oh my god, it feels like a route. It, I, I, I'm sad that we don't have AJ Boy, who is going to actually be on the other side of the ball on the Jags defense. Uh, but yeah, there's going to be so much pressure up front, just a four man rush. And Bortles, we know what Bortles does. It's going to the be- reason that I took, I looked at both of these teams, the Jaguars and the Texans, but I just the price to being too high, and I think that a lot of people are going to be on them, so I wanted to pivot elsewhere. But I mean. You guys make good points, so maybe I'm buying back in after trying to talk myself out of it. I actually like this Jags play, like because of the price. I don't, I don't. I think people are going to see the Jags at the top of the board and be like, "What? Nobody's clicking on these guys." I don't think. Yeah, it's going to be like one to two percent ownership on them. Texans are going to be popular. Rams are going to be popular. No one's going to be clicking on the Jaguars. Yeah, and as Brett noted, Tom Savage guys. Tom, Tom Savage against the ninth best pass defense DVOA last year that just added Calais Campbell, AJ Boy, Barry Church, another year of coaching for the young guys, a healthy Dante Fowler. I mean, this Jags defense is lit. I can't wait for them to win the division. It's pretty good. They're not going to win the division, but the defense is pretty good. <laughs> All right. Uh, and you brought up uh, if people are playing other sides that have Monday. I wanted to mention a receiver back way back a couple segments ago. I like Adam Thielen if you're uh, if you're getting PPR. Uh, I, 
I've been looking at his, num- his numbers from last year. It's wild how productive he was <laughs> in that offense last year. And I just don't think he's going to be a name that people click often enough. And I think he's going to have a ton of value throughout the season. So Adam Thielen, if you're playing on other sites. Adam Thielen is good. He's just really good at football. I mean, seven- watching that guy, like he's good. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm more and more in love with this Vikings team every day. Can't wait to cash that 40 to one, even though Donnie thinks it's insane. It is insane. Very <laughs> insane. You, but you do a lot of insane things. That's right. Uh, like host this, po- this podcast. Uh, if you guys have last second lineup decisions, anything you could always tweet at us. We've got at Brett Colson, C O double L S O N at Mo Nawara and you double W A R a H at Donnie underscore Peters. And I'm at rich T Ryan. We're the collective at Grid Iron Gamble. Tomorrow morning, we make super contest picks. How hyped, DP? Oh my gosh, I'm ready to go. Can we talk about how Coffee Maker, the defending champion, has already <laughs> submitted his picks? Legend. Co- Coffee, what are you doing? Legend. Like you have an early shift tomorrow at Starbucks or something? I don't understand why you're submitting your picks so early. He's got to be working the 4 a.m. Right, the opening opening I mean, shift. He still got, works. As, he still works there. Uh, he he owns the he coffee does. shop. <laughs> no, I think it's way. I mean, even if you win the super contest this year, I mean, come on, it's a Starbucks franchise. I don't think you can just exactly start shelling out a few million dollars for that. How much is a franchise? I wonder. Uh, uh, I would say it's got to be two is and a half million plus. Be, is it that much? <sighs> Jesus Christ! There's I mean, a coffee what? shop around here that's like. Uh, a chain that I heard you can open one for 150k or something. Are you talking about a coffee shop or are you talking about a Starbucks? It ain't a Starbucks, all right, but it's popular. <laughs> Costa Coffee. <laughs> Shouts to Brock. I mean, Starbucks is basically the subway and the McDonald's of coffee. I mean, they're just everywhere and they cost a ton of money. Shouts to Jan. Does Jan listen, though? Jan the goat? I hope so. I told him he had a shout out the other day. Jan Mahimi? Jan, well, he needs to listen. Jan, Jan the Cowboys fan. Also, I just want to say that that I feel like one, I got three hundred percent smarter listening to Brett talk today, and also Brett needs to be on ESPN with his own TV show on fantasy football, specifically right? DFS, because I, my head exploded seventeen times today, but in a good way. Right. So, Ber- Manani the goat. Blow up his Twitter, people, because he's got really good advice, and he needs to be more active there. Except I haven't even started my research yet. Either. Oh my gosh! It's, Get it's out gonna, of here! It's going down this week. Week one, I am firing. How many cap Just lineups? Wait. How many cap lineups in the melee? Uh, at least seven. You have to. Does he? Is he even on DraftKings? <laughs> Yes, he is. I think he's on San Francisco still. Love it. I, I got to make one cap lineup just just to say I did. Can I get one cap hot take in real quick and then we'll end this thing? Fuck you, Matt Barkley. I'm glad you got cut. What an asshole wearing number seven. And that's it. That's all I have to say. I like it. I can get behind like, that. Why would he wear seven? Because people don't think. They just do things. Asshole. Maybe. Was Matt Barkley who we had against Hawks or was that somebody else? Was it Barkley? Who did we have? Again? Un- unfortunately, I think we did have Matt Barkley, Barkley. <laughs> and we did not. I think we did not listen to Donnie that week. <laughs> we took Barkley Oops. at CenturyLink. That was a thing we did. No wonder why people. No wonder why bad QB Twitter gets really mad at us. 
Was that the line Sorry, that was Donnie. like 13 and Sorry. a half? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It yeah. Been you guys did not listen to me. <laughs> we didn't listen. We didn't listen. It's all right. I'll, we'll, Shout out to South Park. <laughs> we'll be firing some ugly ones tomorrow, I promise. And on that note, this has been Gridiron Gamble. DFS Thursdays. We'll see you tomorrow for some super contest picks. Enjoy the football tonight. Peace out. <laughs>